0: We want to welcome each one to our service here again this evening, extend a special welcome to the visitors that are here this evening, trust that our hearts can be drawn heavenward as we worship the Lord together. So we think of Jesus' words in John 14, 1 to 3, Jesus there says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come again that where I am there ye may be also what a precious promise this evening as we look at that promise this has been the hope of the saints for all ages looking for that return of our Lord Jesus Christ that we you know, it's amazing. God in his word has given us some, some glimpses into that eternal realm that he is preparing for us. And yet, I believe uh, we can only see such a little part, you know, on this side of eternity. But you know, as we look at some of the things that Jesus tells us about that city, in Revelation uh, 21 and 22, he gives us some, some glimpses into it. He gives us the vastness of the city. He tells us there that it's, that all things are going to be new. It's going to be free from all defilements. There's nothing going to enter in that, that, that defiles or, or makes a lie. And it's a place that's going to be radiating with the glory of God in Revelation 21.11. It says, having the glory of God in her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like unto jasper stone, clear as crystal you know you don't read anything about that city of uh, having plywood or drywall or paneling it's, it's just not going to be there we're going to have stones and jewels it it talks about it being uh, adorned with all precious stone and jewels and pure gold it's a it's a it's a secure place today you know we, we there's so much violence and things in the world today but the thing we find there that he talks about that city it's it's secure it's a place that has firm foundations it has uh... walls of that city uh... the entrances secured by gates In twenty-one uh... verse twenty-seven it says there and there shall no wise enter into it that that defileth neither whatsoever worketh an abomination or maketh a lie but but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Going over into chapter 22, it talks about a river, uh, a river of pure water. He said, he showed me a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. You know, Department of Environmental Protection is going to be out of business there. There's no place for them because it's pure, it's holy. And it's, it, it, this is the place, it's a place of light it's a place of pure light in, in verse uh, chapter 22, verse 5. It says, and there, shall no, and there shall be no night there, and no need of the candle, neither the light of the sun, for the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. What a, what a glorious place. And uh, you know, Jesus said he has gone to prepare that for us. And he said, If I go, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. This evening, before I go into the message, I'd just like to take a few moments to simply say thank you to you as a congregation. I have to echo the words of Brother Dan that, you know, the the week seemed to go very fast. Uh, When I go out in a week of meetings, you know, you feel the weight of that for weeks on ahead, and finally the day comes, and you enter into that and it looks like it's, it's a long way out there till you're, till, you're, till you're ready to turn around and go home again, but you know it's it, it went very rapidly and it's, it's been a blessing to be here. Uh, when I came, like I, I shared the first night, there was very few of you who I, I knew and yet in this week here I've got to know you. Uh, I just want to thank you for your hospitality that you've shown to me. I enjoyed visiting in your homes and uh, spending time there, we're meal time. And uh, again, a thank you to, uh, to Nathan and Mildred for, for keeping me through the week. It's, it's been a tremendous blessing. And I, uh, the other thing I can say is that you were an easy congregation to preach to. Yous were attentive. Uh, I can tell here there's, a, there's hearts that, that, are, that are interested in the things of the Lord. Uh, there's, there's hearts that are, that are longing to grow in the Lord. Uh, the attentiveness that 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 I have sensed through the week, and so again I say thank you. And you know, as I leave here tonight, I, I, you know, may the Lord's blessing be upon you as you continue to serve Him here in this community and be a light to the community here where God has placed you. May God's blessing be upon you. This evening we want to look at the subject of the Lord's return. I remember some years ago, uh, I've titled the message this evening, Behold the Bridegroom Cometh, the, the scripture reading I'm going to have this evening is from Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, and I remember several years back, a number of years back, I'm not sure how long it was, I was serving on a program where Brother Ken Brenneman was serving as well, and I don't know how many of you remember or know Brother Ken Brenneman uh... he was used widely in evangelistic work, and him and i were sitting there talking and we were talking about this event of the lord's return and how we need to keep our focus set on it you know our hearts need to be looking forward we we can't uh... you know it's not something that that you know we should get out of our focus and then i i you know i shared its you know something we don't uh... just often hear a lot of preaching about and uh yeah he said that's right he said uh, in your home congregation he said, How often do you preach on the Lord's return? And while I was thinking about that he said, or do you let it for the evangelist that comes once a year? And uh, uh, just in case that is a policy, I would like to look a little bit at the Lord's return this evening there again there's there's a lot of details that surround that that you know there's the, you know, we can speculate on there's things we know there's we know when a cloud arises in the west and the, the, the dark thunder clouds are there, it's it's you know there's a storm coming. And I think as we look at the events of our time, I think we know that the Lord's return is drawing near. We see things taking place that that seem to, to line up with the prophecies of scripture that you know the Lord's return is drawing nigh. And so the 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 the, the thing that is that is so ultimately important is that we we are prepared for when the Lord returns. So I'd like to read Matthew 25, verses uh, 1 through 13. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and they went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps, and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. As we look at this passage of Scripture here this evening, you know, we I want you to notice that it, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto. As I look at that, it would seem to indicate that we're not talking about necessarily all masses of humanity yes it includes that but as we look at the kingdom of heaven it it talks about the kingdom of heaven there there's going to be a dividing out of you know one of the things you notice here you have ten virgins i believe they were ten uh, ten virgins. I believe there was, there was, there was a, there was, They were, they were endeavoring to, to live a life of purity. They were endeavoring to live in a sense of holiness. Uh, they were, they were invited to the wedding. And these ten virgins, they, they all had intended to go. When the Lord returned, their, their intention was to be along but we find that five of them their lamps had gone out and they were unable to go with the wedding procession to the to the marriage feast of the of the bridegroom and they, you know we find that when they finally arrived there the door was shut and so you know as we look at this passage of scripture i i believe it brings a sense of seriousness to the need for us to be watchful and prepared again we come back to this menta- or this thing of you know we cannot uh, just be a casual lukewarm Christian you know there's, there's so much of that in society today you know yes they want they want to live or that when the Lord returns they, they want to go along they want to be part of that but when it comes to uh, living the Christian life, you know, they're looking for something easier, something more convenient. And yes, they 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 will you know I meet people that profess to be Christians and they'll talk about their life and they'll say, well, yeah, I know I, I probably I probably shouldn't be doing this, but you know, after all, nobody's perfect. Uh, you know, I, I I'm a believer. And, and, you know, it's just kind of a casual going on through life. And I, I think we need to be careful lest we become taken up in that kind of a mentality. Uh, the first thing I would like to look at talks about the kingdom of God here. Uh, and it's talking about the kingdom of God at the time when the Lord Jesus is going to return for his bride. And uh, the, the thing that I'd like to consider... First is the fact of what the kingdom of God is presently. You know, to get us a little better understanding here, uh, the, the, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is referred to 124 times in the Gospels. It's referred to 8 times in the book of Acts, 18 times in the epistles, and 5 times in the book of Revelation. We have reference made to the kingdom of God or to the kingdom of heaven. And uh, we know that Jesus came to receive for himself a kingdom. And so I'd like to think a little bit this evening, what is, what is the kingdom of God? What, what is it likened unto? And the first passage of scripture I'd like to look at in regard to that is Luke chapter 14, verses 15 to 22. In Luke chapter 14, verse 15, it says, And and one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things and said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready and they all with one consent began to make excuse the first said unto him i have bought a piece of ground and i must needs go pr- uh, needs go and see it i pray thee have me excused another said i have bought five yoke of oxen and i have i go to prove them i pray have me excused and the other said i have married a wife Therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his lord these things, and his and the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said unto his lord, It is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. And his lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and in the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men, men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Now, I realize he's, he's, he's talking about the, the Jewish... There, there's, a, there's a specific reference here to the Jewish people at that time that were rejecting Jesus and his ministry and his calling them to repentance. But he tells us here that the invitation to the wedding has gone out. God has has invited humanity to come and partake of that great feast that he is making. I believe this would also be referring to the the time of the the marriage supper of the Lamb here when when Jesus is going to come back for his saints. But we find here that those that were bidden... Those that had the invitation early on, they began to consider it as something very indifferent. There were other things that had crept in that were more important than being at that supper that that, that the Lord had bidden them to. There were other things that had came in a way that uh, it just made that seem like it wasn't so important. And I, I guess one of the questions I ask this evening, what are we willing to get sidetracked with that takes our focus off the eternal rewards and the eternal promises that God has for us as his children this evening? Now this this guy here it was one guy it was land, the other guy it was oxen, the other guy was, you know, it was a it was a wife. Uh, you know, and, and and on down the list it goes, but we see the Lord uh the lord that made that supper he continued to send out the invitation that his his table may be full and i believe this evening that invitation is still going out to all of humanity that message of come is there come and prepare be ready when the lord calls for that that time when when he's going to return for his his children as we look at another passage of scripture here. If we look into Matthew chapter 5, excuse me, Matthew 25, just beyond the passage that I read, it tells us here that, you know, again, I I refer back to verse 1 where it says, Then shall the kingdom of God be like unto. But if we go to verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of God, uh, or the kingdom of heaven, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and he gave unto one and unto one he gave 5 talents to another 2 and to another 1 and to every man according to his uh, several ability and straightway he took his journey and and as i would understand this you know he's giving us a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like, he's giving us a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is, and he said it's as a man that's traveling into a far country, and he before he goes, uh, he 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 calls he calls his own servants, and he delivers unto them his talents, or he delivers unto them his goods, and we saw, see here how he gave to different of his servants different different amounts they didn't give them all the same but the the emphasis here is that they were to take those things that were entrusted to them and they were to be investing it into the work of the kingdom you know they were to be about the kingdom work and uh... you know we find that at and then if we go on through that parable it would talk about it at at uh, in verse nineteen it says and after a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so we know that Jesus came to earth. He came to establish his kingdom. And and when he was here, he called men to be servants of his. You and I today have the privilege of being citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We have the privilege of being servants of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus Christ went back to heaven... He gave gifts to men that we can carry out the kingdom work. And we notice as you go through that parable, there were those that were diligent in using those things that God had entrusted to them in the work of the kingdom. And, and there was others that, that, that the, the one he simply buried that talent. And we find how God was, uh, the, the, the master's anger was kindled against him. And when he returned, you know, he was found uh, guilty and, and uh, before his master. And so there we have a picture of, of uh, you know, a little bit of what he, he speaks of the kingdom as being present. If we go back into Matthew 13, there we have, I think, seven parables that give reference to the kingdom of God. You have the, the uh, parable of the sower. Uh, you have the parable of the man that sowed good seed in his field. And you have the, the wicked one sowing the tares in the field. And we see how that both grow together until the time of harvest. And then the Lord comes back and he, he, he reaps that harvest. And he gathers the wheat into his, into his garner, into his barn. And he takes the tares out of the wheat and he takes them out and he burns them with fire. There's a time of separation, a time of judgment. Uh, going on, and it talks about the kingdom of heaven being like as a mustard seed. You know, we, we, we know the kingdom of heaven as Jesus was here. He spent three years teaching and preaching. And in the day of Pentecost, including the 12 disciples, or the 11 disciples that were left, there was 120 souls gathered together. Now when you take that against the population of the world, that isn't a whole lot. But you know, we see that as as the, as the Holy Spirit came and and the preaching of the word went out, we see that 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 number of believers, that number of followers growing. And we see them uh just multiplying, and even to this very day, we see uh you know the kingdom of God, there's 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 still a faithful church today. That, that that grew out of that, that Pentecost and, and the faithful church is still going out carrying the witness of the gospel. Uh, it talks about the leaven that's put into the, the twelve measure or into the meal and, and and how it affects the whole lump. You have the treasure in the field and the merchant man seeking goodly pearls, how they were willing to, to give all for that treasure. And I think we looked at that another night this week. And then I believe he talks about the the kingdom of heaven again uh, as a net that was cast into the sea, and I believe that's referring there uh, to the to the time when the when 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 Jesus comes back and he's going to separate the the just from the unjust, the godly from the ungodly. You know, these are today we have privilege of being citizens of the kingdom of God. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it tells us there that our citizen, or it says our conversation in the King James, but it's referring to citizenship. He says, our citizenship is in heaven from whence we look for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This evening, by repentance and faith, we can be brought into the kingdom of God. We can confess our sins and we can be made washed white in the blood of the Lamb. We can be given His Holy Spirit giving new life. And to to go on and to serve Him faithfully. The gift of grace has been entrusted to us as His servants. And we are living in the day of opportunity today. And I guess when we think about the kingdom of God today. You know what are we doing with the opportunity that we have? Or are we becoming indifferent? You know there's... Jesus, Jesus talks about the Laodicean church, you know, coming into a state of lukewarmness, indifference towards the things of God, just, just kind of, uh, just a meaty, a mediocrity there that, uh, there was a lukewarmness and, and it says, God, Jesus said, I will spew, spew you out of my mouth. Coming into the second point this evening, uh, it says here again, and I come back to, to 20, uh, 25 verse 1, where it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. If we go back to, to uh, chapter 24, you know, Jesus speaks to us there. Uh, in, in Matthew 24 verse 3, we have the disciples asking Jesus three questions. He asks them, they had pointed, they had looked at the stones and the magnificence of the temple, and Jesus told them the time is coming when that's going to be thrown down, there's not going to be one step, or one stone left upon another. And they ask him the question of when these things shall be, and then the second question is what shall be the sign of thy coming, and the sign of the end of the world. You know, his disciples ask him that, and Jesus gives us some things that, that are going to come to pass, but he puts the greatest emphasis on verse 4, where Jesus answered and said, take heed that no man deceive you. You know, Jesus has given us his word, he has given us his truth, he has given us the directives in scripture, and he says, take heed that no man deceive you. Uh, the Lord's, the, the, one of the next things he tells us here in Matthew 24 in verse 27, uh, it says that his his return is going to be imminent. Uh, it says, "For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be." You know, it's it, it's going to come without uh, without further warning. Now, I believe this evening, as I mentioned earlier, when we see the storm clouds gather in the west, we know there's a storm coming, but as we watch that storm, we can't tell when there's going to be a strike of lightning that's going to uh, immediately light up in one spot and tear through the sky to another. We, we can know that we can expect that lightning, but we can't tell exactly where in the sky or exactly what point and when. And I believe it's telling us here that you know that, that immediate hour, we, we do not know. I believe God gives us things that we can see in, in, in the prophecies of scripture that can that, that can uh, can cause us to see that the time is drawing near but you know he says that that day and that hour no one knows uh, going into the the latter part of matthew chapter twenty four again it talks about the need of being faithful uh, you know it gives the example in in verses verse 42 says, Watch ye therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would not have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Be Therefore be ye ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Uh, again, the idea that that, that we need to be prepared. We need to be watching for the Lord's return, and then Jesus goes on and gives a parable in Matthew chapter twenty-five, and he says it's he uses the example of a Jewish wedding, and uh, you know as Je- when Jesus shared this, you know the marriage customs of the day were well known to the people in uh, Jesus' day. The practice of a of a of a wedding or when a when a young man uh, wanted to get married you know he would he would make his desire known that he would like to have a wife and he would he would tell his father that you know he thinks it's time that he would have a wife and the practice then was that the the father and the son and possibly some other family members they would they would discuss who would be a good candidate for a wife for this young man. And when they come to a conclusion of someone that would possibly be a good fit for for this young man, the father and the, the son and maybe some other members of the family would travel to the home where this young lady lived. And then they would negotiate with the father. They would make the the uh... the business of their their visit known that you know they would like to have the daughter his daughter to be wife of the son uh... of the other family and after that was talked about why they they if they were an agreement to let that happen the next thing that that took place they negotiated a dowry you know what what is this you know, it was, it was viewed that the, the father that was giving up a daughter was giving up an asset, and the other family was gaining one. So what was that worth? And that's where you have the dowry. They would, the dowry, they would, they would decide how much that's worth. And if they could come to terms on that, uh, the father paid the, 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 the dowry, and at that point, that young lady was considered to be a wife, of that young man that that was the the marriage contract but at that point the young man went back to his home and he began making preparation they would have to establish a place where they were going to live he would he would prepare the house he would get it ready and then also in that interim of time you would have the the bride she would beginning making the preparations to leave her the home of her nativity. Uh, she, would, she would get her wedding dress ready. She would, she would get the things that she was going to need to adorn herself for the wedding. And then the other thing she would do, she would, she would invite special wedding guests, or the bridal attendants, to, to, to go with her in the wedding procession to go back and to join in that wedding feast. And in that day, uh, after that arrangement was made and the bride was ready, the the arrangements were made, she would would wait with anticipation for the bridegroom's return. She was already his wife. The, the, uh, the, The dowry was paid. But at a given time, unannounced, That bridegroom would leave his home sometime during the night. He would have his bridal attendants with him and he would come back to the town where the the bride lived. And as they approached that town in the darkness of night, they often carried trumpets and they they would blow the trumpets and they would cry out, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And at that hour, the the bride and her attendants, they would, they would get up, they would get dressed, and they would go out to meet the bridegroom. In that procession, they would carry lamps with them to light the way, to, to add to the festivity of the moment. They took their lamps and they went forth. And then you have the, the wedding procession as they, 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 they go singing and dancing on the way to the home of the bridegroom. And when they get to the home of the bridegroom, they go in and the wedding feast begins. And in the the land of of Palestine, you can look at weddings would last anywhere from a week to a month. It was was just a day after day of festivity. I mean, the the Jewish wedding was something that if you were invited as a special guest, you would no way want to miss that. The only way you'd want to miss that is if you become proud preoccupied with things that seemed more important to you than that, or unless there was a disregard and a disrespect for the bridal couple. It was was a very disgraceful thing to treat that as uh, lightly or, or, or not special. This evening, you know, as we think of this parable, you know, Jesus has come to earth, if we go into the book of Ephesians and and other places, it it talks about the church being the bride of Christ. Uh, Jesus came and he has purchased the bride. He has purchased the bride with his own blood. And he's gone back to prepare a place. The dowry has been paid. The arrangements are made. He's gone back to his... His his home, he's preparing a place. And at a time unannounced, he's going to come back. And we're going to hear the trumpet blow. And we're going to hear the call of the bridegroom cometh. And then those that are ready to go with him to the wedding feast can join in that procession. But those that are not ready are going to be left behind. We look at this passage here this evening we have these ten virgins, said five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. You know, five of them, I believe, they daily looked with some anticipation that the bridegroom could come tonight. You know, tonight could be the coming of the bridegroom. And I believe as they went to bed, they, they looked over their lamps they looked over their oil they made sure they were full they were ready they assessed the values and their priorities we have the others that seemed there that there was a sense of indifference you know they they knew that the bridegroom was gonna come but they probably came to the end of the day and they looked at the lamp and they said well you know, it, it probably could use some oil, but you know, I don't think he'll come tonight. I think I think tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll I'll take care of that. I'm you know, I'm tired tonight. And you know, that went on day after day until finally the bridegroom came. And they cried out to the wise. I believe, I believe that was a, you know, as as they looked at it in verse 8 there and they they realized that the day had come and their oil didn't there was no oil in their lamps their lamps flickered and soon went out and they, they cried to the wise saying give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out I believe that was a I believe that was a cry of desperation because the day had come and their lamps were out what a terrible reality for those that were expecting to go with the bridegroom and the wise said no we don't have enough oil to give you uh, you got to go for yourself and buy where they sell it and i'd like to say this evening that my uh, the righteousness of one person cannot pass to another you know there 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 Today, we have the opportunity of having our robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. We have the privilege of having that precious oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives that's going to light the witness of the Gospel. But you know, if we're indifferent, if we continually quench the Spirit, we grieve the Spirit, the day will come when the lamps won't light. He tells them they got to go back to, 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 to those that sell and buy. But I believe as we look at this parable and its context, you know, it's, 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 we need to go to the Lord Jesus to get, that, to get that oil. And I believe he was on the way for the bridegroom. I believe the store was closed. I don't think that oil was available anymore. And so we find them uh, desperately left outside. And they come... In verse ten, it said, and afterwards they also uh, came. Also, the other virgins and said, "Lord, Lord, open to us." Well, they got to the home of the bridegroom and they they knocked on the door. They wanted in. They said, "Let us in." And and he says, "No." He said, "I I don't I know you not." He said, "I don't know you. You 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 don't have." You know, there's no way that, that you can enter in. And I, I look back he and other scriptures there that Jesus talks about the day of the Lord being as, as it was in the days of Noah. And we talked about Noah this morning. And I believe, you know, Noah was 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 ridiculed, he was laughed at, and he was mocked. And and but I when when Noah went into the ark and the door closed. There was still a number of days there was no rain, but I believe when the raindrops began to fall upon the earth and, and, and the water started coming up, I believe the outside of that ark was crowded with people, crying for in, but the door was closed. We have these five virgins standing on the outside of the door, crying for in crying to the God of mercy, the God that had extended mercy for years, for generations. They had turned away from it. Now they stand outside crying for mercy, but the door is shut. And Jesus says, the message He wants us to get this evening from that is watch. Therefore, for you know neither the hour, the day nor the hour, wherein the Son of Man cometh. You know, he, when that day comes and the door closes, it's too late. We go over into Matthew chapter 25. It talks about uh, the day of the Lord in verse 31. And I believe Jesus is, is simply continuing on this same theme here that He gives with the, with the, uh, with the uh, parable of the ten virgins. In verse 31, it says when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth the sheep from his goats and he shall set the sheep on the right hand but the goats on the left then shall the king say unto them on the right hand come uh, come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he goes on to speak about the works that they did and, and they, they, the, the the mercies and, and the compassions that they had to their fellow humanity. And uh, then we go on and we find that uh, the, the goats, I'm, I'm looking here for the verse where it speaks about them, but it it talks about the goats are going to be be sent away and into everlasting, into everlasting fire. And uh, brothers and sisters, this evening, the Lord is coming back. Uh, he's coming back for those that are prepared. He's coming back to take the redeemed to that eternal abode where we can live with him forever. And we can enjoy the, the pleasures of that, of that eternal world. And when Jesus comes back, you know, he's going to divide. When Jesus comes back, there's only going to be two classes of people. It's going to be the saved and the lost. It's, it's going to be two classes of men. And, and, you know, he's coming back to divide as the a, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And, and this evening, I guess, you know, as, we, as we look at this, uh, if you're here this evening, you know, the question I leave, are we prepared for the return of the bridegroom? If you've reached the age of understanding, the, the invitation goes out for you to become part of the kingdom of God. The invitation goes out For you to find salvation in Jesus Christ. Salvation, in salvation, we have our sins and our shortcomings blotted out. Our lives can be made clean by the blood of the Lamb. And God, Jesus, will give us His Holy Spirit. The oil of His Spirit into our life to renew us, to give us newness of life. To give us power and strength to live the Christian life. And to carry out the work of His kingdom, and so this evening, if if you have never accepted the Lord and the Lord is knocking on your heart, uh, today is the oppor- the day of opportunity. You can receive Jesus as your Savior. If you're here this evening and you've received the new birth, and you know the new birth experience, but your life has turned into a a lukewarm, mundane pattern of life. Where the, where the things of life are consuming your focus and your energies. I believe that's what these five virgins were, where the lamp had gone out. I don't think they considered themselves not saved, but I, I believe their focus was totally earth-centered. They were consumed by the, the, just the, the, the general mundane duties of life. They just kind of went on, uh, you know, tonight... God wants us on fire for him. He wants our lamps burning. He wants us looking for his return. He wants us prepared for when he comes for us. This evening I simply leave the question, in what state are your lamps tonight? Shall we bow our heads for prayer?